The Holy Gospel is found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2. This will serve as the basis for our meditation this evening. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, when Herod was king, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was alarmed and all Jerusalem with him. He gathered together all the people's chief priests and experts in the law. He asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, because this was written through the prophet, You, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are certainly not least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And Herod secretly summoned the wise men and found out from them exactly when the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report to me so that I may also go and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stood still over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with overwhelming joy. After they went into the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother, they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Since they had been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Have you noticed it? The sun goes down. It's just a little darker in our neighborhoods. Not that the darkness had disappeared or hasn't been there, but from about Thanksgiving to New Year's Day or so, or maybe this weekend, depending on what, how much time people have, the, the world, our neighborhoods, our, our communities, our, our homes, we're, our streets, we're, we're awash in Christmas lights. But that time has passed. We've returned to darkness. The world returns to darkness with, with days still short and nights still long. As our neighborhoods return to dark, darkness, it reminds us of a deep darkness that is all too familiar to all of us. This darkness has covered every nation and people since our first parents chose the darkness of disobedience over the light of the true God. Yet the Lord did not abandon His beautiful creation to sin's darkness. No, He promised the coming of a light that would shatter that darkness. So during Advent, we prepared for the coming of that light. At Christmas, we celebrate the dawning of that light. And, and this epiphany we celebrate because the light of the world shines brightly. While our world descends back into darkness, the light of the world shines on in spite of that darkness. In fact, no darkness can overcome it. After the, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, when Herod was king, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now months had passed since Jesus' birth in Bethlehem. We're not exactly completely sure. Maybe he was already up close to two years old already. His parents had settled in a home there in Bethlehem, and about that time a group of wise men from the east, somewhere in the east, made a long, dangerous trek to the city of Jerusalem. They had seen a unique star in the sky, one that had not been there before. They had seen it since it first rose, and had come expecting to see a city just bustling with excitement at the birth of the new king, but what they found was the city too busy 
with its own darkness to pay attention to the dawning light. And King Herod heard this. He was alarmed. And all Jerusalem with him. Now Herod was a brilliant yet ruthless man who always found himself on the razor's edge between madness and genius. His, par- his palaces and building projects are still there today. You can go visit them in their ruins in, over in Israel. Yet he committed unspeakable atrocities during his reign, and he didn't care. It could even be his own wife and children. After this episode, he goes and slaughters all the boys, two years old and younger, in and around Bethlehem, trying to take care of this child. You see, now Herod was near Herod the Great, as he was known. He, he was near the end of his reign. He was getting up there in years, but he wasn't about to let a baby challenge his power. Paranoia ruled the day for him. Out of fear of further bloodshed, the city of Jerusalem sunk deeper into darkness. In a sense, they feared the light. <clears throat> With evil intent in his mind, Herod asked the Jewish leaders to find out where this Christ was supposed to be born, and they pointed to a prophecy from the Old Testament prophet Micah. You, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are certainly not least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now, Herod thought he could use this information to snuff out the child, to turn off the light. And so he secretly informed the wise men of the child's birthplace. With darkness in his heart, he told them, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report to me so that I may also go and worship him. Yeah, that's not what he was going to do. And yet Herod failed to realize that even his dark plans could not overcome the light that was dawning in Bethlehem. In fact, Herod's plans to snuff out Jesus had already failed because the light of the world was already shining brightly. The evidence was sitting right there in front of him with those wise men from the east. Jesus had already shattered the darkness of unbelief in their hearts. Now, like everyone else, they had been born into the darkness of sin and unbelief and death, just like all of us. But somewhere along the way, they came into contact with the scriptures. We don't know how or where, but somehow they did. And, and perhaps they even discovered that prophecy we heard earlier from, pa- from, he- from pagan Balaam, a star will come out of Jacob. It referred to Christ's coming. One was going to come from this place. Through this light of the world, of his word, Jesus shattered the darkness of unbelief in their hearts. The fact is, by nature, you and I were also born into that deep darkness of sin and unbelief and death. By nature, we're blind with the darkness of materialism or pride or lust or envy, or some other sin. By nature, you blindly gratify the cravings of your sinful nature. And since you follow your sinful nature, you can do nothing but disobey the holy God and his holy will to live a truly perfect life. So every time you disobey God, death lurks in the shadows. That deep darkness lurks ever closer, waiting to tear you apart, body and soul, and then to send your soul, send you to the depths of hell. What's even sadder is that by nature, every one of us prefers the darkness. We love that darkness. And yet the light of the world shines brightly into our darkness. And when Jesus entered our world as a human child, he shattered our darkness forever. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah once wrote, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is dawning upon you. Look, darkness covers the earth, and deep darkness covers the peoples. 
But the Lord will dawn upon you, and his glory will be seen over you. The light of the world shattered sin's darkness from a Bethlehem manger as Jesus' parents gently placed him on a bed of hay and shepherds came to worship him. The light of the world shattered sin's darkness as Jesus overcame the darkness of disease and demon possession, disability, and death with his power. Light of the world shattered sin's darkness as Jesus revealed the glory of the Lord and the shame of the cross, and then that light shattered death's darkness by Christ's resurrection, glorious resurrection from the dead. The light of the world gives life to our dead hearts and sight to our blind eyes. How wonderful! Yet that light did not come just for the Jews of Jesus' day or the Greeks of Paul's day or the Germans of Luther's day or the Americans of our own day. You see, even when the bright lights of Christmas shine, our cities, our neighborhoods, our world still remain in the deep spiritual darkness. And the only way for that darkness to end is if the light of Christ shines to every nation and people near and far. How's that going to happen? Well, the bright shining light draws the nations to itself. As Isaiah wrote, nations will walk to your light. That light drew the wise men across great dangerous distance to worship their Savior King. Jesus brought joy to their journey as they neared Bethlehem. We're told the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stood still over the place where the, joy, where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with overwhelming joy. I love that in the Greek it is with exceeding joy, with joyful joyfulness. Like there's just so much joy. And after they went into the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother, they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Jesus drew those wise men to his light through faith he had created in their hearts. In response, they brought gifts fit for a king that they presented to this, this poor little boy bouncing on his mother's knee. They worshipped him as both king of kings and as the light of the world. But how often don't you and I fail to recognize that? How often don't you and I, we see the cute little baby in the manger at Christmas time, but that's all we see. We don't see what the wise men saw. How often don't we find ourselves blind to the boundless blessing we have in the light of the world? How often don't you and I act more like the people of Jerusalem who end up continuing in our darkness rather than seeking the light because we can't get past the sinful blindness of our own perspectives or our own insecurities or our own insensitivity or our own ignorance? How often do you willingly keep your mouth shut when the Lord provides an opportunity to share the light with someone in darkness? Jesus came to shine in the hearts of people from every nation and culture. Through Jesus Christ, God declares each of us not guilty. Through the waters of baptism and the good news of your Savior proclaimed into your heart, the Holy Spirit works faith there. Now when the Lord looks at you, he, he, doesn't see, he, he ultimately doesn't see the gender or race or nationality or social status or family background. Yes, he, he sees you as unique, but he sees you as a holy, beloved son or daughter drawn to the light. That's ultimately what, how he sees you. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, did not reject those wise men who came to worship him. And thank God he doesn't reject us either. When rightly he could. 
Instead, he draws us to the brightness of the light. And now that light of the world shines to every nation near and far through you and me. We live in a world growing smaller every day. Our community is growing more diverse every year. I mean, we could talk about mission work in faraway places like, like Africa or Vietnam or California. But the Lord is bringing the world to us right here in central Florida. We have countless opportunities to do mission work right here and now, right here at home. People from all over the world and all across North America are moving into our neighborhoods and communities. Today, you and I encounter more people from more cultures and more places than probably ever before as our neighborhoods and our communities continue to change. So what are you going to do about it? Now, you and I could just muddle along in the darkness and unplug the light the Lord has given to us. We could blow it out. Or with God's help, each of us could reflect his glorious light. Even as our world grows darker in these days after Christmas, we can still be, reflect his light. Our congregation could become uh, something more than just another Wells outpost on the Wells frontier. Our congregation could become a beacon from which the light of the world shines forth, shattering sin's darkness from soul to soul with the good news of sins forgiven and heaven open through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And you know what? That's why we're here. That's why, that's, why, that's why our congregation exists. That's why King of Kings Lutheran Church and School exists, to shine the light of Christ, of Christ in our dark world. But will we? Friends, the lights are getting packed away. By this time next week, Christmas decorations will probably all be put away too. Yet the light of Christ still burns brightly in our hearts and in our lives. Shines in our care for our brothers and sisters, not just the people we know really well, but the people of every culture and throughout our community. It shines in words molded by grace and spoken with Christ-like concern. It shines in a love for souls that cares about sharing the light of Christ with every sin darkened soul, no matter who they are or where they come from. With God's help, that light will burn brightly from this place and through every one of us until we join the nations. And there will be nations worshiping our glorious Savior in heaven. See, the light has come. Amen.